Our reading this morning comes from Matthew, chapter 1, and starting at verse 18. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Last Sunday, between 8.15 and 8.20, within a brief, less than two-minute in time, I had an unforgettable experience. The reason I remember that time is that uh, it's customary for us on a Sunday morning, it was the fourth Sunday in Advent, last Sunday, just a week ago today, that uh, we listened to the morning service, which some of you do, I know. And um, can you keep that back for a bit, please? Thank you. Can you thanks. I'll let you know when that's to come. So last Sunday, <laughs> no, you, <laughs> it's good, isn't it? La- so. When you listen to the morning service and you're doing things, sometimes it can become a bit more background. You're listening passively, if you like. And on this occasion, within the two-minute period, the service receded right into the background, which was rather surprising because the speaker, uh, Professor Stephen Williams, is, is somebody whom I know, and I was very interested to listen to him. However, this experience eclipsed that entirely. And as I was looking out of the window, it was a most glorious, resplendent, and magnificent sunrise. Now, we've had a lot lately, but that one was very special. It was a frosty morning, it was clear, and the sun was shining. As it came up within this window of two minutes or even less, I was looking at this. And as I turned behind me, there reflected in the mirror was the blazing sun. It had a double effect, a double impact. And in that sort of split second, this is terribly subjective, it's as if, by the Spirit, God was saying, that is what I want for my people. I want the reflected glory of Jesus. And in that moment, as the service receded, and sometimes that happens, God says something to you. And that's where we began our service this morning by saying, May the Son of Righteousness, that's how Jesus is spoken about, at least 700 years before his birth, 
May he scatter the darkness from before you. Now think of that this Christmas. Jesus Christ, the Son of Righteousness, shining in this resplendent glory. But more than that, shining into your life and through your life and even unconsciously as a mirror effect, a double impact. The glory of Jesus seen in his people. And in a grim, dark, difficult world, think of the impact that that can have. That is Christmas. So what I'd like to do with that sort of illustration is this. The glow of that mirror reflecting upon me, giving a double impact of the sheer resplendent beauty of Jesus Christ. To pose the question. Here he is, he's the son of righteousness. And Christians rightly see Christmas as a person. Emmanuel, God with us, God who comes to us, God who dies for us, God who lives in us, reflects his glory through us, rises for us. That is Christmas. It's a powerful message. So I want to pose a question to you with that sort of introduction. And it's this. Hannah asked me, early December, and you've been asked this question, and you may get surprises later on, what do you want for Christmas? I bet you've asked that question, haven't you? Have you all, yeah? Good. Let's hope you're going to be pleased. What do you want for Christmas? Presents or presents? Now that we'll have that coming up. There it is. <laughs> That's what I want to say to you this morning, just that. Now you might say, actually, I'd like both. And that's not wrong. But I pose the question, nevertheless, which would come first? Yes, let's have both. Presence or presence. The gift of God and the glory of God. The gifts of people of God himself, that is surely the essence of Christmas. And giving gifts may require, actually for some of us, no more than a signature on a check, or dip deeper into our wallets, or the pin number on our card, and the bills will come in in the new year. It might be no more effort than that. But here's the challenge. Give yourself... Not simply give what you have. Give yourself. Give yourself unreservedly to someone. That surely is the essence of marriage and of friendship. Give yourself. And that surely is at the heart of Christmas. And giving ourselves to others. Not only my money. Or my reputation. Or my gifts. But myself. And that is the very essence of Christmas. Christina Rossetti was right, and that's why it resonates with us. What can I give him, poor as I am? If I were a shepherd, I'd give a lamb. If I were a wise man, I would do my part, what I can. And that's the essence of it, isn't it? I give him. And I give myself. I give my heart. That is surely the beauty, the genius, the wonder, the miracle of Christmas. That we are actually responding to Jesus in the way that he's come to us at first. The heart of Christmas is not presence. It's there. The wise came and they gave and they opened 
And Mary pondered these things, of course. But the art of Christmas is presence. Can you just think what Christmas would be like, for example? Think of the cup final. Okay? Think of it in those terms. And the crowd is there, the, the fans are there, the, the referee is there, the linesmen are there, the stewards are there. You've paid an arm and a leg to get there. Everybody is there, poised, waiting for the game. And just for a moment, somebody says, where's the football? Could you imagine an event like that without a football? <clears throat> I mean, it's absurd, isn't it? And you know, you can have all this, and it's good. But presence, presence is Jesus. Keep him there. Take time to reflect upon him. And allow him to reflect through you. And that was the wonderful experience last Sunday morning with the rising, just for a moment, fleeting moment. It's gone, but its impression has been left indelibly upon me. The heart of Christmas is Jesus. Glory, glory, glory. The rising of the sun, scattering the darkness from before us. We all have it. And we might enter into this Christmas and beyond it with apprehension and a sense of loss of loved ones who are no longer with us. Hopes that are shattered. Dreams that have dissipated. Of course. And yet presence. Emmanuel. God with us. In all of those experiences and more. God with us. God with us. Finally. In Jesus God is giving himself to us. He's not throwing a rule book and saying, live like that or else. One strike and you're out. He's not laying down a code of ethics. Not a self-help manual like DIY religion. He's coming to us himself. He's coming to us himself. Love came down at Christmas. It still does. And we can reflect his glory. I hope that we do that. That this day will be marked as supremely special and significant. That not so much our circumstances change, but we change. We change with this reflected glory.